I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So the next interview is with a film director by the name of Pablo Aguero and, and, and his film, Eva Doesn't Sleep. It premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival recently. I had the pleasure to, to, to speak with him and, and we worked through a translator and what's interesting is we, we, we probably lost a little bit of, uh, in translation uh, in the interview but, but, but there is a ton here to think about, to, to, to consider, to reconsider actually. This is a film about Evita, this is a film about Argentina. It's a film about politics, but it's really a film about relationships. It's kind of a a, a road movie, I suppose, in in a particular way, but a very uh, lyrical, uh, beautiful, and poetic film that I think is going to be watched uh, at film in film schools for for many many years. It's a film about perspective, and it's about subversion, and it's about fighting back and the power of the people. Uh, you're going to enjoy this interview and and uh, look for this film. I hope it's going to be widely accessible in the near future. Eva doesn't sleep. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We are uh, joined by a very special guest today, Pablo Aguero. Uh, his uh, film, Eva Never Sleeps, uh, English translation, premieres today at uh, the TIFF uh, International Film Festival, 40th anniversary. Um, so thank you for joining me today. Thank you. So we are uh, going to be working through a translator, so uh, please uh, bear with us as we work through some lingo and language out there. But this is... Um, uh, Pablo, this is a film that I, I think on, on a certain level I found actually really challenging uh, just because of, I guess, the subject matter, I suppose, and yet I think it's fair to say there's the surface and then there's what's going on underneath the surface. No sé si entiendo cuál es la pregunta. Es una afirmación. Más un comentario. He agrees with you. 
So is it is uh, one of the thing the themes I thought that stood out for me, and this is uh, very much a uh, a film that I, I I felt like I was in in a class to some degree. I was engaged. I found it compelling, interesting, but I also felt like I was in a film class, uh, and and light is so prominent in this film, the candles, the headlights, even even the establishing shot of the headlight, which is remarkable, by the way, and beautiful. Uh, can you talk about the light, the metaphor for you, for the story, for Argentina? Sí, como lo mencionaste recién, la, la luz muchas veces es fuego en la película. That is true that uh, often in the film light comes from fire, it's actually burning. Y la figura de Eva es la figura de una, de una llama o de un incendio que nadie puede apagar. And Eva herself is in a way a flame that nobody can put off. So for you, is this uh, is this a uh, is this a love story for you on some level as a story as a storyteller as a director? De amor y odio, como podría ser Amadeus. It's more of a love and hate story, uh, more in the vein of Amadeus. Um, would you say that uh, you were driven by? Uh, hoping for a better understanding of of your country's fascination with Eva is this about getting to a truer history i mean this is obviously a fictional account of of real facts real history i guess yeah what what are you are, is it because you beautifully weave by the way this narrative gorgeous narrative footage with historical footage so it feels like on some level a documentary and then an actual, you know, a, a narrative film. So just wondering what you're you're trying to get to as as the director. Fue un muy largo trayecto de varios años de de investigación y reescritura, investigación y reescritura. It took a very long time, over 5 years of research and writing more research and more rewriting of the script. Y pasé por varias etapas. En algún momento quise reconstruir la, la historia tal como ha sido la realidad histórica e hice una investigación muy grande so I went through different stages and to one of those I felt more drawn to what's called the historical truth and I felt that it was going to be probably more of an account in that sense I una investigación muy profunda y muy precisa que nunca había sido hecha I can say the kind of research that we did hasn't been done before. It was very exhaustive and very deep. Pero a través de esa investigación me di cuenta hasta qué punto todos los testigos y los protagonistas de la historia dan su propia versión, que es siempre una versión tendenciosa de acuerdo a sus intereses políticos o personales. But during that research I realized how every single party to the story has their own agenda and their own political interests. So Every account, every version of the story has a, a perspective. Eso me decidió a dar mi propia vis visión de los hechos, mi propia interpretación, y también a, a elegir un estilo, una estética, que reafirme eso todo el tiempo, que recuerde al espectador que esto no es un documental, es una versión posible de los hechos. So, later on I decided that I was going to come up with my own account, 
and that also led me to a static choice of trying to remind the audience constantly that they're witnessing a, another account, a personal account. Eso me dio la libertad artística para hacer una película muy expresiva, una película como alucinatoria, una película onírica. So that gave me a passage to a more lyrical treatment, a more um, kind of uh, dreamlike uh, approach to the, to the material. Pero que al mismo tiempo respeta los hechos históricos tal como sucedieron. All of, all of these within the historical facts that are just facts. Is this a uh, is this a political film for you? Is it a political statement, or is this more of a relational film? Because I I, I sensed a a real um, a sense of humanity almost deeply embedded in the in the film, uh, especially ironically with the documentary like footage, the newsreels. I, I got a sense for Argentina, a sense for the passion of 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 that um, subversion, right? that desire to, 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 to say we're not happy with the status quo. D does that make sense? Hay dos sentidos de la palabra política. La política de los políticos, la política como el pueblo, la polis. So, there's, as we know, there's two different, at least two different meanings for what's political, and one is that the political war of politicians, and then there's the people as, mm. as a collective. Etimológico, el sentido etimológico mismo de la palabra. Yeah, that's actually the, the root of the war. And the polis. Yes, the yeah. polis. Yeah. En ese sentido, la película es política, en el sentido en el que la pasión es política, en el sentido en que rebelarse contra la injusticia es político. So in that sense, the movie is political in the sense of uh, the passion of the people and how that moves them to rebel against oppression. Pero no es política en el sentido de identificarse con un partido político o con una corriente ideológica. But it has not, nothing to do with the politics as uh, partisan quarrels. So I'm, I'm wondering um, about your own history, about your own reasons for making such a film and for bringing such a uh, stylish and, and beautiful, lush, I think is the word, edge, to such a, an important sort of statement. Does, does that make sense? So, so here you've got this beautiful art house film, and yet you've got this really important social document about change and about fighting back and about oppression and about ideology and all of these things that, you know, it... Uh, and, and I said earlier how it played like I was in a film course. You know, you could write essays. People will be writing essays about this film, I think, for sure. Students will be looking at this saying, you know, the, looking at the layers. And so I'm wondering about you, your own historical motivation or, you know, desires about, about the current state of affairs even. Sí, escuchando tu pregunta, eh, me di cuenta de algo que no había pensado. When I listened to your question, you just made me realize something. Eh, that there's a 
I'm finding uh, more uh, more coherence between uh, form and content mm. to my movie right now. Es que es una película sobre la voluntad de no aceptar el mundo como es y de cambiarlo. So, in a way, it is a film about the struggle and the will to not just take the war as it is and just go with it, but actually fight it and change it. Ese es el mensaje de, de Eva, más allá de la persona en sí, es el mensaje que la gente conserva y por el cual lucha años y años a pesar de la represión. So that's Eva's message, or even more, that's what she embodied for the people, and that's why they kept fighting with her ideals for over a quarter of a century. Y eso es también mi manera de filmar. And that's also the way I shoot. Porque pienso que filmar una película tiene sentido cuando la mirada transforma la realidad. It makes more sense to shoot when your own view transforms what's reality. Eso no es una búsqueda de estilo como para estilizar o como para querer volver más estéticas las cosas. It's not really about style or finding mm. like a style niche or just to make it more aesthetical. Es que cuando yo observo la realidad con mis ojos, mis ojos la transforman. It's more than, it's more that when, when I see reality, I'm seeing it with my eyes, with my perspective, and that gives shape to that reality. Y eso, eso, eso es lo que ofrezco al espectador, otra visión de la realidad. So in a way, that's what I'm offering to people, and that's probably something that, that makes the film unique and new, is that uh, it's my own personal take on reality. The CIA boycott. It's probably the CIA interfering with the interview. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, sadly, it's just an ice machine, I think. Uh, they're cleaning up at the bar here at the Hilton in Toronto. So, is this a film? I mean, clearly, this is a film about death uh, on some level. And I wondered, you know, uh, on further reflection, even this morning, if this was about a film. I mean, I love the images at the end of the, the torches. And, and the, the, the gatherings, yeah. right? The, the power of that, the humanity in that, the, the grassroots edge to it. Is this a film about uh, the death of the individual in some way? Or about the, like, a, is it a prophetic uh, uh, comment on potentially, if we're not careful, the individual will die, the, vo the voice will die, the, the, the ability to, 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 to fight back might potentially die. Eh, pienso que estamos en una sociedad que es esencialmente cristiana y capitalista. Our society, even today, is basically Christian and mm. capitalist. Y es, esas dos ideologías dan el mensaje de que el individuo va a trascender después de su muerte gracias a una fuerza superior. Those two ideologies share the vision of the individual transcending death. Eh, Yo lo creo de otra manera. Pienso que lo que sobrevive no es el individuo, lo que sobrevive es el símbolo, la voz, el, la idea. I see it differently. I think it's not the individual what 
survives. It's more a vision, an idea. Mm. A voz. A, a, pers a personal voice. Eh, por eso elegiste este, como inventar una especie de nuevo género en vez de hacer un biopic, hacer un necropic. So that's why I found myself working on a new genre that instead of the biopic is the necropic. Mostrar cómo la vida de Evita el mito comienza cuando termina la vida de Eva Perón, la persona real. Because there's this meaningful transition between, or how Eva's, myth, Eva's life as a myth starts after she passes as an individual. So she becomes greater. It's, it's almost her, her ability to change the world, or Argentina in particular, grew her, uh, with, as her legacy kind of grew, it seems, on, on some level. What I think I love about the film is that, I mean, I hope it's seen by so many people, and congratulations again on the film, is that it is a, to me, it's a statement about, about this idea that we can resist, that we, that we can um, fight back if need be, that we have a voice, that there is power in numbers, and that, you know, I, you, you don't strike me as a cynic. You believe in hope, you believe in change. Sí, incluso no, cuando digo que no es político en el sentido de los políticos, es porque la película no se pronuncia sobre la política argentina ni sobre el peronismo, no es el tema. I agree, and going back to the film being political in a way, and, and not especially in the way of the partisan politics, is because the, the film is not passing judgment on any uh, of the parties in Argentina. It, it, that's not what it's about. Entonces, incluso un espectador que pueda pensar que Evita estaba equivocada o que Evita era una persona corrupta, So even an spectator that might find or feel that she was wrong, that she was corrupta, that even a corrupt person, incluso ese espectador puede entender que el mensaje de Evita sea sincero o falso. Ese mensaje es inmortal porque resuena en la gente. And even if this person finds that her message is false or wrong, but It's still a message, and still transcending her as just an individual. Finalmente, poco importa su 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 sinceridad o no. En lo que creamos su sinceridad o no importa cómo resuena su mensaje en el pueblo. So in the end, it's not so much about the truthfulness of her message, but how it's still resonating with the people. So there's a sense in which, you know, there's a arrogance on the side of the military, at least the way it's presented in your film. You know, God is just, right, is the phrase, or at least the translation for me. And, and we cleaned up Argentina of all immorality. And the statement comes right after the bombing. That statement is right after the bombing. So we basically killed a lot of human beings, and therefore, you know, we've cleaned it up. We've cleaned the country up. There's an arrogance. There's a, a, a condescending tone. Um, we're right. You're wrong. Right? Is is? Do you think Evita, uh, Eva, had a um, a trust with the people, or the, you know, the the the, work, the peasants, says the, the the military, say in the film, 
do you think that she was able to establish a trust that your country, and frankly any country, wants with their leaders? Sí, creo no he visto ningún caso de un político que pueda movilizar a multitudes a esa dimensión y con esa pasión, jamás. I honestly haven't found another example of uh, a figure, political figure, that can really move a nation the way she did it. En las escenas documentales que están al principio de la película, está la avenida 9 de Julio, es la avenida más ancha del mundo. At the beginning of the film, the archival footage shows the 9th of July Avenue, which is the broadest in the world, the widest. Y está repleta de gente hasta el horizonte. Hay más de dos millones de personas. And you can see it's packed with crowds uh, where the eye can see. So there must have been over two million people right there at that moment. Y gritando con pasión desbordada. Están ahí para tomar el poder. Yelling, screaming, really being there to take over. The, the rule of the country. Y ella no les está diciendo, no les está hablando un chivo expiatorio, diciéndole hay que matar a los judíos o a los inmigrantes. And she was clearly not haranguing them to uh, go and attack another minority or uh, take over uh, from the military or anything. She was not demonizing anything. She was just moving them. La, la frase que les está diciendo es no hay fuerza capaz de aplastar un pueblo que es consciente de sus derechos. What she's saying is there is no there's no force that can quash a people that knows their rights. So, uh, died in 56, is that right or 52? 52. 1952, 33 years old, is that right? 33. So, I mean, I I I think it's the first time I've seen actual uh, footage of her speaking. And immediately I go, this woman was way ahead of her time. You know, a women's movement, labor movement for the people. I mean, obviously leaders have talked about these things over the history of mankind, but but to see a woman doing it in, in, in a foreign country, and I say that with a small F, not a capital F, and I mean it in a good way, for, from a Western perspective, you sort of, or a global Northern perspective, you go, we were, we're, we're the leaders, aren't we? And it, when it comes to gender issues, and it comes to voting, and so on, and suffrage, but here was this incredible woman who was standing out from everyone else, it seems. Yo pensaba que más o menos en la época en la que el peronismo accede al poder, que promueve el voto de las mujeres, y igualdad de derechos de los trabajadores, en Estados Unidos los negros no podían todavía subir al, al colectivo con los blancos. Well, by the time Perón took power, he already started encouraging uh, female votes and social like grassroots movements for uh, still in the states uh, the african american population was not even allowed to share public spaces seguramente por eso lo bombardearon bombardearon argentina sí, that's probably why they bombed uh, bombarded argentina so um yeah yeah sobre la modernidad algo más sobre la modernidad de vita hay un un rock en el, en el medio de la película, en el estilo The Clash. 
That's why in the middle of the film, uh, going back to the modernism in Evita how ahead of her time she was, uh, that's why we included this strong, like, the Clash-like rock song in the middle of the film. Right. It is the Clash, isn't it? No. It's not the Clash. I <laughs> thought it was the Clash. It's an evocation. We wanted to but we actually used Evita's voice for that song. Parece que está cantando casi rap. She seems to be almost like rapping. Pero no, no hubo montaje de la dinámica. Canta en ese tempo. But that's how she was actually singing. The, the, we didn't uh, enhance the singing or like edited that much. That's her real cadence and, and pacing and delivery. It's punk. She was a punk too. There's, there's, uh, she was a punk, yeah. Uh, there's a great scene um, with the two uh, soldiers, the colonel and I guess, the, is it the private? Uh, In the truck? I mean, that whole scene is an incredible scene. It so, so plays out so well for so many reasons. But there's a part where the colonel gets upset with the, the younger soldier and says, I ask the questions. Uh, do you think on some level for you, as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, frankly, as a philosopher, I think, is that what interests you? Do you want, do you want the young, younger generation to continue asking questions? The, the, the colonel shut them down. Sí, yo trato de que la pregunta despierte... Perdón. <laughs> trato de que la película despierte preguntas en el espectador. Absolutely. I, I, I want the film to generate questions in not only the younger generation, but in, in the broader audience. So, so I guess we, we'll, we'll wrap it up here in a couple of minutes, but I do have a couple more things I'd love to ask you about, if that's okay. Do we still have a couple more minutes? Yeah, you good? Oh yes, you have a screening coming up. Four, at 4.15, is that right? It's coming up, yes, in like 40. Very, very fast. Very fast, four o'clock, so you're, you're just around the corner. Can I ask you one more question? Okay. And then we, and then we wrap up, yeah. So the, there's another uh, scene where, um, and I can't remember exactly who it was, but somebody's talking about their education. And they say, yes, I was, I was schooled well, and I was schooled in God, the nation, science, and sport. And then the conversation goes to obedience. And I couldn't help but think of this critique of Western culture, God, science, na um, nation, sport. So you're, you're attacking, you're, you're critiquing popular culture, you're critiquing diversion, you're critiquing the status quo in, 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 in a few frames. Sí, es peligroso, ahora me da miedo. <laughs> it is actually very dangerous, and now I'm realizing that. It's scary. Pero, sí, y todo eso desemboca en obediencia. Y eso remite a una ley que se promulgó después de la última dictadura. So the key here would be obedience, from all this that you're mentioning, and that takes us to this law that was passed during the dictatorship después de la, de la peor dictadura after the worst part of the dictatorship eh, la ley de obediencia de vida que dice que los soldados cometieron atrocidades pero porque estaban obligados de obedecer a sus superiores so the law can be translated as uh, the life obedience and it says that all the 
military and different uh, capacities, they did commit atrocities towards um, mm -hmm. humanity, but it was because they were carrying orders. Eso, que la obediencia es la obligación del soldado, y eso se encuentra tanto en la religión como en las fuerzas armadas, y es lo, algo que ha justificado atrocidades desde la religión y desde el ejército. And you can find obedience at the center of both religion and the military structure, and a lot of atrocities have been committed in the name of obedience. And on that cheery note, we're going to end our interview because these guys have to get to a film. So thank you for your time today, your generosity, and congratulations. Thanks for joining us. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm -hmm.